All right. Welcome back or to the Reality of Fantasy Podcast, episode 11. Today is September 16th, 2019. It is a Monday. Uh, We've just concluded week two's or Sunday of week two of the NFL. One game left. Uh, the Jets and Browns on Monday night. Sands, uh, Sam Darnold with his mononucleosis, which is no joke, folks. Uh, even though many people have turned it into a joke, which is unfortunate. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've recorded. Uh, life's, life's picked up on the busy scale. Things have been a little challenging of late. But it's allowed me to evaluate what I truly want to do with this podcast um, in order to actually churn out content consistently. And so I've decided to take a different approach and mostly scrap any sort of season-long advice and really just focus in and hone in on daily fantasy plays. Um, And so we're going to do a new segment today. I'm going to try and get these out every single Monday. Uh, It's going to be called Breaking the Huddle. And this will be just a first look as I pull up DraftKings and FanDuel uh, at the NFL slate for each week. Initial impressions, which games we're going to really want to focus in, things that may be chalky, uh, where we could be potentially contrarian, uh, best price per dollar plays, things like that. And then throughout the week, I'll have more segments, hopefully daily, uh, that kind of update my thoughts as I go through this slate, uh, what I'm thinking, where I'm struggling, which teams are difficult to figure out, which teams are gaining a lot of traction, where we can pivot, things like that, weather updates. I'll try and come up with some nifty titles, you know, breaking the huddle into uh, winning the game at the line or something like that. Um, So we'll have a nice little systematic flow as the week goes on here. Uh, And so for today, we're going to start with DraftKings, and we're going to open up, uh, and we're going to look at the actual slate itself. And when I first look at this slate, uh, there are a few games that really kind of jump off the page to me as things that I really want to target offensively. Uh, One of which, of course, is the Baltimore Ravens heading into Kansas City. Uh, And the reason that obviously jumps off the page is that you have two seemingly dynamic quarterbacks in Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes squaring off. However, I think I'm going to be a little bit different than the public in this one. Um, I don't necessarily think that I'm going to be loading up on this game. And this is twofold. Uh, One, I think it's going to gain a lot of traction. And two, Kansas City's defense is notably better on the at home in Arrowhead. Arrowhead's a tough place to play. And although I do believe in Baltimore, or I do believe in Lamar Jackson's progression, I just don't think these are ceiling games. And we're going to be playing, paying for ceiling prices in these types of players based on their production so far um, without the situation, the environment that would produce it again. So I'm a little off there. Uh, and secondly, I can see Baltimore trying to play a little bit of clock management here. And if they happen to get up for some reason, this game could slow down quite a bit with long drives, running the football with um, uh, Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, uh, things of that nature. And so although I think there may be some one-offs to target, these will not be my focal stacks. The game that screams stack to me is the Carolina Panthers going into Arizona. And this is a game that I think will draw a lot of attention, especially on the Arizona side of the ball. It's a really easy stack with Kyle Murray, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk. Spoiler alert, we'll get to my favorite stack here in a bit. Um, and it's just 
it, it's it lends itself to knowing where the production's coming. Uh, you can run it back very easily with DJ Moore. I'm a huge fan of that play, um, and it just it just seems great. I don't think I'll be playing Cam Newton at all. Uh, that doesn't seem to be in my mo or desires. Um, you know, I'm gonna have to see it now. If he's not running, it's not a big thing. But I, I really like the DJ Moore playing, even if you want to be thin there. Uh, Greg Olson will probably eat up a lot of targets and, and be a focal point of what they try and do. Um, so some good stuff there. And then one more game that, uh, from a full stack perspective, I'm really interesting in is the Houston Texans going on the road to play the Chargers. And technically on the road for the Chargers isn't really, well, at home for the Chargers isn't really a home game. Uh, so it's kind of a neutral site. And I could see this game slightly going overlooked. Uh, Houston didn't have the best offensive performance against Jacksonville at home. Jacksonville's defense played pretty tough. Uh, but we know where the production's coming in this game. We know that it's going to be DeAndre Hopkins. We know that Deshaun Watson's going to get going. And this just feels like a Phillip Rivers Deshaun Watson shootout. And it's really easy for Rivers right now with Hunter Henry hurt. Uh, and Mike Williams is a little banged up, although he looked pretty good on a couple catches. You know Keenan Allen is going to get peppered with targets. You know that Austin Eckler is going to be the focus. And so a Rivers-Eckler-Keenan Allen stack is really nice and something that I'm definitely going to be trying to prioritize in my lineups. All right, so we've looked at some specific games that have nice environments, some teams that are in great spots. Uh, Tom Brady's New England Patriots at home versus the Jets. Uh, the Jets can stuff the run. They can do that pretty well. But the Patriots have some really awesome weapons. So the passing attack of the Patriots is in a great spot. Um, I, I probably will have some Brady shares for sure. Uh, may run it back with Antonio Brown. We'll have to see how this pick plays out. Uh, and then Minnesota home versus Oakland. I really like Dalvin Cook in the running game to kind of control that game, uh, play the defense with Minnesota. I like that environment for them. Uh, and then Tampa Bay. Um, at home versus the Giants. The Giants defense is so poor. This is definitely a Jameis gets right week. Maybe Peyton Barber. Uh, it might. I might not end up there just because I like a lot of other plays. But I, I will be playing their defense as I'll, we'll talk about when we get to some defenses. And then the ultimate shock of the week is Dallas home versus Miami. I'm probably going to stay away just because I can see Dallas running away with this game um, and not. The, the starters not getting a full complement of touches, uh, and I want ceiling games out of my players, so just not something I'm that interested in. So we look at pricing. You see that Patrick Mahomes and Laura Jackson are the highest priced quarterbacks at seven six and seven thousand. Uh, that may be prohibitive to me. I just don't see a necessity to do that when you have guys like Dak Prescott at six five, uh, Deshaun Watson at six four. Phillip Rivers at 5'8", Kyler Murray at 5'8". Again, if you want to go down to Jameis at 5'4", there's just much better options. So I'm definitely not going to be playing up, paying up a quarterback this week, and I'm probably going to settle on Kyler Murray, uh, which is, is definitely something that uh, interests me quite a bit. Over at running back, um, the, the high-dollar plays that really stand out to me are Dalvin Cook at 7'8", home versus the Oakland Raiders. Um and Austin Eckler at 7-2, home versus the Houston Texans. We've seen the workload these guys are having. Uh, it just seems like plug-and-play options. You know the production's coming. Minimum, really, of like 20 touches for both of them, uh, scattered across runs and catches. Uh, they're involved in all facets of the game and around the goal line. Uh, Christian McCaffrey at 8-7 versus the Cardinals is interesting just because of the environment he's playing in. 
Um, and then David Johnson at 6'8 versus Carolina. We've seen Carolina just give it up so far uh, on the ground. And he's home. They're going to play fast. It's a nice environment. I, I like it quite a bit. Um, if we look at some cheaper options, I'm not really seeing much that I truly enjoy. I mean, Raheem Mostart had a very phenomenal performance against Cincy. I, I try and stay away from the Kyle Shanahan backfield just because you don't really know what's going on there. Um, and I, you could look at Mark Ingram at 5'7". At I just don't think it's a little thin. Again, I have my concerns about Baltimore's offense being actually productive in this game. Uh, and so I think it's going to be a pay-up at running back week for me, just looking at this, unless things um, change differently. You could go to the very boring but trustable Peyton Barber. I think that's a very viable play, considering he's 4-6 versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, and so I'm, I'm, I think that's a, a pretty reasonable play, and I may put him in my uh, core. I think he's a better play over on FanDuel, as we'll get to, uh, based on pricing and things like that. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at right now. Uh, so just just looking at it initially, the feel seems to be paying up at running back is going to be the way to go this week. Uh, at wide receiver, you know, I really like DeAndre Hopkins uh, at seven eight. I'm not really that high on De uh, Devonte Adams or Amari Cooper. Uh, I really like the Larry Fitzgerald Christian Kirk pricing. Uh, you see them at five one for Larry and five flat for Christian Kirk, and that pairing with Kyler Murray. Uh, is super cheap. Larry's at 13 and 11 targets. He's better at home. He's a lock for me. Uh, and Christian Kirk at 5K is, is also, you know, he's had 20 targets over the two games. This team's going to throw it. It, it. These are just locks for me, and it seems almost too straightforward to pass up on. Uh, you can run that back, too, with DJ Moore at 5-9. He's had 10 and 14 targets over the first two weeks. Uh, they haven't found Pater yet uh, through the air with him, but I, I don't think that's going to be consistent across the season. Uh, so I really like him there as well. Um, another guy that I like for DraftKings specifically is Jamison Crowder. He's down there at 4-8. Uh, got to think the Jets will be playing from behind. Uh, we'll see how many targets he gets tonight. We'll see how uh, Trevor Simeon looks in that offense. But if he's going to get 10 to 12 targets uh, on DraftKings, I'm, I'm going to lock that in. Uh, I also um, really like um, – where'd he go? 7K, Keenan Allen, uh, 15 targets this past week, 10 before. Uh, I really just think you can monopolize this offense, and uh, that's something I'm, I'm going to be looking at quite a bit uh, as I build my lineups here. Okay. So moving along, uh, if we look at tight end, um, it's not – let's see, how do I phrase this? Um, it's, it's going to be difficult waters to navigate, uh, is the way I'll, I'll phrase it. Uh, it. we got to monitor this Philadelphia Eagles injury situation with Alshon and um, Deshaun Jackson getting banged up. I mean, we saw Zach Ertz last night get 16 targets. Uh, anytime you're going to get that volume at 5'7", and you're that talented, I don't care that Detroit plays super slow, uh, I'm going to be interested in playing you. Uh, Travis Kelsey, I'm going to avoid just because of Baltimore and the price, and I don't really like paying up. Uh, Kittle at 5'6", I'm just not seeing the... Uh, attention that I'd like for, for a tight end of that, although it's a very tasty price and a very tasty matchup. Uh, so maybe he gets going this week against the Steelers. So buying low on uh, good old um, George Kittle at that price is pretty solid. Uh, I do like Mark Andrews, or I do like Evan Ingram at 5'2". Uh, we've seen just consistent target from him. Uh, it seems like a player that, uh, you know, the... 
Giants will be playing from behind in theory, and um, it's very likely that he'll rack up 10 targets, so it's very safe in that capacity. Uh, Mark Andrews at 4-6 right below that is a very viable play. He's at eight targets, or he had nine targets this past week, eight the week before. Not sure how many snaps he played this week. He didn't play much uh, the week before. He was just very efficient. Uh, but they're obviously going to have to throw to pace with the Chiefs, or it seems to be that case. Uh, so he seems like a, a viable option. I think he'll be very chalky, so I'm going to look more to Evan Ingram in that spot. Uh, one of my favorite low-dollar plays at tight end is uh, Greg Olson. Greg Olson has nine targets in the first two games. We've seen teams spike against the Cardinals. Uh, Cam doesn't seem to be the same. Uh, I, I definitely I think I'm going to lock Greg Olson in. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy about the situation he is and the, the likelihood of his production. Um, Darren Waller is actually interesting. Um, Minnesota, one of the reasons I'm not going to play him is because Minnesota is likely to get up in this game and just kind of run out the clock. Um, but with that said, they are susceptible to tight ends. Um, so if you believe that the game will play a little faster than predicted, uh, he may be something to target. Uh, at defense, um, you know, you could pay for the Cowboys home versus Miami. That's been a very profitable spot. You could pay for New England home versus the Jets. That's been a very profitable spot. Uh, I think it'll be very chalky after they just throttled Miami and had multiple touchdowns and whatnot. Um, I think the Bills at home versus Cincy is interesting at 3-4. I think the Packers home versus Denver at 3-4 is very interesting. I think the Vikings home versus Oakland is at 3-3 is very interesting. I think Seattle home versus New Orleans is interesting at 3-2 with Drew Brees potentially injured and Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater playing. Um, I really think the Buccaneers at 2-9 versus the Giants is pretty interesting. We've seen the Buccaneers now have two quality performances in a row. Uh, and I think that that's something we should be keeping an eye on and, and not be afraid to pounce on. Uh, I think that uh, also the 49ers uh, at home versus the Steelers is really interesting. And at 3-2, I think they're a quality play. They've gotten some pressure. They've played on the road twice. They get to go home now. They get Pittsburgh. Ben may be injured. Uh, you know, I, uh, Mason Rudolph at quarterback. I, I think I, I really... You know, I'm feeling pretty good about the 49ers right now and controlling that game and the momentum they've got. So, uh, you know, basically to summarize, it looks like there's a lot of quarterback options, especially high-dollar ones. However, there's also, at per usual, some great quarterbacks in that sub-6K range that are probably going to put up 20, like the Josh Allens, Phillip Rivers, Kyler Murray. So I don't think paying up quarterbacks is the optimal build this week. Running back, it looks like you're going to have to pay high-dollar to get some production, uh, and there's some some – Good players, just a couple down from the top options uh, in the Dalvin Cooks and Austin Ecklers that I think are perfect for what we're looking for. Uh, and then, depending on how you feel, uh, I think that uh, targeting this Arizona-Carolina game for pass catchers is the way to go. Uh, focusing in on uh, Greg Olson at tight end uh, and filling in the rest is, is, a, is a good way to build your lineups. And there's a lot of defenses. You can take many different approaches. I don't think we can go all the way to the bottom here. Um, potentially looking at New Orleans on the road in Seattle. I'm not a huge fan of that, but uh, there are some middle-tier options that I think are very viable, like the 49ers and the Buccaneers that will potentially go overlooked. Uh, I built a lineup here, and to run through it, using all of my salary, Kyler Murray at quarterback, Dalvin Cook and Austin Eckler at running back, uh, Keenan Allen, Larry Fitzgerald, and Christian Kirk as wide receivers, Greg Olson at the tight end, and Evan Ingram in the flex, and the 49ers defense uh, holding down that DST spot. Uh, overall, I'm pretty happy with it. I wish, you know, it came together and DJ Moore could have been that flex. 
maybe I'll find a way to make that happen. Um, but uh, yeah, I think if I pivot to Jameis and change the 49ers to the Buccaneers, I can put DJ Moore in that flex and really have the lineup I'm looking for. So this has been Breaking the Huddle. Um, again, just a first look at the DraftKings side of things. When we shift over to FanDuel, I mean, much the same. We're going to be pretty much um, building a similar roster in that capacity. I'll try and point out any players that have egregious value differences between the sites. Uh, I think the 49ers defensive price jumps off the page. Again, you have your very cheap Arizona passing attack. Uh, from a tight end standpoint, uh, Evan Ingram's a little bit expensive, uh, so, so not so high there. Uh, and I think you just go and play Greg Olson, although he's actually pretty expensive too. Uh, so maybe you don't play Greg Olson on FanDuel. Um, but I'm just tinkering some things around here real quick, seeing what we got. All right, here's what we got over on FanDuel for a little fun. Um, you know, building a, a similar approach here. Uh, I've still got 400 left over, okay? And I have taken Kyler Murray as the quarterback, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook as the two running backs, Larry Fitz, Christian Kirk, Keenan Allen as your wide receivers, Greg Olson at the tight end, DJ Moore in the flex, and the Buffalo Bills defense at 4-6. Uh, if we parse through some things here, I would say some notable differences. Uh, Philip Rivers, eh, pricing seems to be pretty consistent. No really egregious things at quarterback, actually. Um, Tom Brady is notably lower on FanDuel compared to DraftKings, so that may be something to prioritize. Um, when we look at running backs, I, I don't think I'm paying for Saquon, Christian McCaffrey, or Ezekiel Elliott this week. Uh, I, I like David Johnson's price at 7K. Uh, Aaron Jones and Chris Carson are in some nice spots there at about the 7K price as well. Um, but again, I'm not going much below that. Uh, Peyton Barber's at 6-1. That's not as good as over on um, DraftKings, to be honest. Uh, wide receiver, Juju dropped a lot down to 7-5. That's something we have to keep an eye on. He might become a price-enforced play regardless of who's playing quarterback. Um and just scrolling down here, um, not really seeing much. Jamison Crowder, not as good of a play over FanDuel, so keep that in mind. Um, yeah, and right now it looks like my lineups are set, and I can pretty much stop looking at fantasy for the rest of the week. Uh, again, I have Kyler Murray, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Larry Fitzgerald, Kristen Kirk, Keenan Allen, Greg Olson, DJ Moore, and the Bills defense over here, and I'm feeling pretty good about it. Um, this has been the Breaking the Huddle podcast, or Breaking the Huddle episode of the Reality of Fantasy podcast. I hope to get better at this as we go along. Uh, I'll report back tomorrow uh, with some updates about where I'm leaning, where things are going, is there weather concern, things of that nature. Um, and we'll call that one... Um, organizing at the line i'm trying to avoid first second third down because uh those seem to be overutilized uh, but for right now uh, my name is jesse cook i'm your host of the reality of fantasy podcast thank you for tuning in and uh, i hope that you continue to be profitable on in your daily fantasy adventures or begin to be profitable take care